yo, yo, yo. Let's see. I think I might have to log back out and log back in, yo. What's good, what's good, what's good, my people? What's good? Let me um put my headphones on real quick. Hopefully I can see, I can hear this shit. Alright, cool. I think we on, I think we on. Yeah, what's going on? Overcoming podcast. Murder goes. What's good, what's good, what's good? Much love. From Northern Cali all the way to Southern Cali. You know how we do. This is Brown. I go by Brown Fist. I go by Brown 96. Whatever the deal, I back up the raza and that's what it's about. You know what I mean? So this is the podcast, my raza can write, my gente can write, you know what I mean, that's what it's about. I was on my other podcast a little minute ago, um, bumping some rollas, you know what I mean, I was bumping some Fat Joe and shit, I got them vinyl, you know what I mean, you know, I was, I was bumping some other, some of this shit, so you know what I mean, you know how we go, you know how we go, but um, I'm just, today's gonna be a dope, dope uh, podcast with the homie written by Will, he's a poet, among other things, um, you know, he's gonna talk to us about coming into the, you know, you know, into the game where, you know, when we talk about, you know, hip hop and whatnot. But today we're gonna concentrate on his poetry. He has a book, a poetry book that he made. Um, he self-published, as I have it understand and uh, understood. And he's gonna break it down to us how he got to where he got to with his poetry. You know what I mean? So um, with no further ado, written by Will, he's on the line. I'll bring him in. Here we go. As these shits be bugging, but um, I think they're good. I think they're good. And I got my little chat right here, so I got my shit going. So what's up? Hey, right, what's can up, you hear bro? me, bro? Oh yeah, perfect. Nice and smooth. That's what's up, man. Hey, uh. Nice to finally meet you face to face, bro. You know, mucho gusto, bro. You know, it's always it's always a great pleasure to meet uh another you know another Chicano, another Latino, another you know person that you know may have came from a certain you know similar situations as I may have come from. And you know, it's always good to conversate with likewise you know with you know people that think the same or you know similar because of experience and all that. But um, it's always beautiful, man. It's a beautiful thing to have conversations like this. And there's now more so with social media, it makes it so easy for people across, you know, cities, cities away, you know, states away. We can conversate so easily and put this into a forum where we can teach others how to overcome certain things. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, man. Um, thank you for nah, giving man, me this I time, bro. It. How you mean? Oh, man. I'm definitely with everything that you said. For sure. All right, man. Yeah. So uh, let's first break it off. You know, break the ice by having you introduce yourself and telling the people who you are, what you represent, and um, how was it as a For young sure. man? Yeah, man. So, uh, my name is Will Reyes, and writer, poet, San um, Fernando Valley, uh, Hollywood. Yeah, man. I'm a I'm an '80s baby, so uh, I'm a kid of both my mm. America from a country called Bolivia. Uh, they came to LA like in the late 60s. Uh, and South uh, like I don't know, years or so. And then they uh, moved to the San Fernando Valley in the 80s, which is when I was. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that I feel like that experience is an intricate part of like who I am as a writer, not anything else, just the experience, up, you know, in the lower income neighborhood, uh, growing up in a single parent household because my parents divorced little and so I was raised by my mom 
and uh, there was five of us. I got two sisters, so you know it was a, a big family, um, and really just you know I feel like uh, uh, that experience was real difficult, you know, when I was going through it. But now that I'm older, I really value yeah. like the things that I went through and the lessons that it taught me. And uh, I really feel like we were talking about when we opened with uh, like media and stuff. Yeah. It's really cool how we have the avenue that we can just uh, uncut. You know what I'm saying? Like we can just present the people, mm. the things, our experiences, the things we went through, our ideas, and to be able to offer it unfiltered and stuff like that is real important to me. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, that, that's, an, that's a key word right there, bro. Unfiltered, you know what I mean? Raw, straight from, you know, organically from the, from the source, bro. That, yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Even though sometimes it may be kind of too, too surreal, you know, it might hit you as a, that's a shocker, certain things, but that's the best way, man, to introduce it. It's on its um, natural, you know, state. That's the best way to introduce and it. I feel to like people, if you, you think about I mean? the most iconic things, bro, like pop culture and stuff, like if we think of like doggy style, mm -hmm. the chronic, you think of like iconic movies, it's stuff that was like uh, challenged mm -hmm. the norms or it was more unfiltered. And I think that's what people remember. And like I told you, you know, our experiences coming up were real hard sometimes, but it hardened us. And I feel like we can tell stories that are like raw, uh, that mm -hmm. people can relate to. And then we have that authenticity behind it. You know what I'm saying? And I think we could flip mm -hmm. something that might've been difficult and next, something that we could use now. Cause I feel like pop stories, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt, man. See, um, I know you come from a hip hop background, and uh, I do want to uh, acknowledge that. Can you give the people just a little brief history on that? Because I do want to bring you back, but to my other podcast, the hip hop spot, and I do want to, you know, dive into that that part of your life. Um, and that might take up that whole hour that we're gonna do the interview. You know what I mean? So I want to focus in today on on yeah. your writing style, on uh, formatting your uh, how you how you put out those books that you have. You uh, know, you have yeah, two books, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about, you uh, know, structure, um, just in itself, the whole pub self-publishing part in itself, that's a big one for a lot of people, you know what I mean? So I want to address that. Uh, so just give the people a little background on, on your, your background. For sure, in, in yeah. I mean, I, it, to be honest with you, bro, it all ties in, meaning um, I was little. Mm -hmm. For me as a writer, the biggest influence of anything was just I love to read. Since I was a little kid in elementary mm. books, like uh, – Read books a lot. I used to read the the LA Daily News every day, like just reading. So I used to like to read, and I feel like reading opened my mind and my imagination up to all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like what was going on in real life. If I could pull a pull a book away and go sit somewhere, and if it was a good book, I feel like you can get lost in that world. You know what I'm saying? So uh, reading was a real big influence for me. Just you know uh, how I, how I saw, like for example, my poetry is uh, very much rhyme focused. And I felt like, uh, especially in my first book, it was real like old school style poetry. Like just that I was exposed mm -hmm. to it was like, you know, like two bars and rhyme, two bars and rhyme or something. And I was used to that. Um, it was influenced like that. And then for me, hip hop plays a part because I feel like um, if you think of someone like Tupac, he was like a, basically like a poet anyway. And if you, you remember, I don't know, but he released a book mm -hmm. of poetry when he was in prison. Oh, yeah, I have that book. And so, book. you know, yeah, I mean, it's just another way that our people found a way to express themselves, right? And so for me, through hip-hop, mm -hmm. to hear uh, cultural experiences, things that were relatable to me, right? So when I was younger, 
I was into like old school classical poetry or I was into like classical music and my mind was like trying Ooh. to, I was really into it, but I never really fully connected. And then when I started hearing hip hop through my older brothers, I started hearing poetic stuff that was relatable, you know, and I feel like when you can connect with something that matters. So anyway, um, uh, hip hop with me because when I graduated high school, um, I went to a community college. I didn't really know what I was going to do. And uh, being at community college was a whole brand new experience. And uh, I remember going to a computer lab. Like, I, I didn't know nobody at this school. It was much bigger than a high school. And uh, hopping online uh, and just hopping on some rap websites. And through doing that, um, it really introduced me to, um, to the world of online uh, promotions or whatever. And that allowed me to mm. to connect with other people like early on i'm saying that people that were into about rap mm -hmm. and that gave me an opportunity to connect with people and just doing that um uh, uh working with rappers uh basically i feel like it gave me the confidence i needed to believe that the stuff that was worth people mm. reading and listening to and paying attention to and uh, so i just i have to like i mentioned hip-hop in that regard because i feel like it molded uh uh the foundations of me as a writer you know what i'm saying like i feel like i'm a big joe buddy yeah. fan and he was someone who um always was very about his mental health and his music he would rap he would rap mm -hmm. about feeling you know open and so that that writer because personally i've always suffered through depression and anxiety and i used to just write my poems as a form to just let off you feel me like I, whatever i was going through i would just write these poems and just to vent and then feel better. But I would never share them with nobody. And then uh, doing it that way, mm -hmm. uh, I guess basically just um, like gave me the confidence to, to believe in it. Oh, man, that's dope. See, and that ties in, like you said, it ties in with, with, uh, with writing because hip-hop in itself molded me to be a writer, molded me to think outside the box, to think about, you know, other things that might happen outside of our community because we're so caught up with what's going on here and we don't even know what's going on out there. We can only imagine. So that sparked the imagination in my mind to think like, damn, you know, if this type of shit is going on in, with my culture, what's going on with their culture? What's going on with their culture? Like, you know, I can only imagine, you know what I mean? So that sparks imagination in my mind. And I can, you know, I can put it down in the paper, you know what I mean? And just kind of come to my own conclusions with what can be happening with their culture, you know what I mean? Or their lives or just someone walking down the street. What's going on with that dude's life? You know what I mean? Let me make up a, a life of what I think his life is like as a story. You know what I mean? So you get ideas, bro. You start thinking outside the box within hip hop, just with that background. You know what I mean? As an artist myself, like you, you start to, you know, just write different just lyrics and possibilities and, and other, you know, third, third option type yeah. things. You know what I mean? But uh, so let's get into it, bro. Like when you started, you said that at a young age, you started writing. Um, what would you write about? you know, in the beginning of your writing stage, of your writing yeah, career. Um, I started writing when I was a little kid, bro. I, was, I, I have a, I, I was, I kept them. I have a little, a little short story I wrote when I was like nine years old. It was like, you know, uh, funny now, but it was like nine year old brain. So it was like a, it was like a short story about a, um, a bunch of like made up characters, like food and uh, like one of them was like a Corona bottle. Uh, one of them was like, like a Swiss army knife, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just all like these little characters, but I had like this little nine chapter story of like the good guys versus the bad guys or whatever. And so that's, that's mm. the earliest example I can recall 
of me just being like wanting to come up with my own stories or my own ideas. And so I remember time to like write wow. it down and, and make it like a little thing. And so at the time I felt like I didn't even think, uh, you know, I didn't know there was stuff like being an author when you're older, but I just knew like I wanted to write stories. So I have that experience being little. And um, so I wrote a little bit like that, but I never wrote poetry at all. And then I just went to, you know, junior high and high school in the LAUSD, bro. And that kind of derailed me a little bit. Um, I had some years where I didn't do good in school and uh, wasted some time. And so I, my writing kind of just disappeared for a while, you know, for several years. And then uh, when I finished high school, my group of friends were kind of like, I guess gonna keep doing what we were doing. And I was like, damn, like, I'm about to be 18. What am I gonna do? So I went to community mm. college and through community college, my writing got picked up again. I'm telling you when I uh, started writing about rappers. And what I mean by that is I would just like, oh. a new song came out and I would write, like nobody cared, but I would write, this new song is out and I would write about it on the forums. And uh, uh, so my, I didn't write again until that. And once I did that, I'm telling you that uh, I started just, like I said, writing poetry on the, on the side. And it was just, um, to be honest with you, bro, on that rap forum when I had first signed up, uh, you know, uh, Daz from the Dog Pound, right? His website, so oh, he's yeah. DPGRecords.com, and he had a forum, and he used to, mm -hmm. this was like 2001, 2002. And so the, there was no Twitter, um, you know, not social media how it is now. And so for Daz to be posted on the internet was hella cool. And I had, I locally mm -hmm. started writing, they had like a little tech uh, battle rap forum in there. And so we were oh, like okay. battling each other. So I, I signed up, like I battled. And it, I did it as a joke is because it made me like try to get creative again. And so I started trying to, and I started oh. trying to make these rap and doing that, like we sparked a fire in me. And then when I tell you, I started going like, damn, I'm always sad or damn, I'm always anxious. And I started just writing about that. And that's really where again. Mm. That's cool, man. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, I believe that things happen for a reason, bro. I believe that things just don't happen just because of, you know what I mean? Of coincidence or whatnot. Like you were meant to be in a certain places to learn to become who yeah, you bro, are today. hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, Feel me? I mean, if, yeah. I if I didn't, like if I my high school, I don't go to community college. At community college, I was so like, it was so foreign to me. It was such a new world. I didn't know what else to do that I was like, let me go to the computer lab. But I'm glad even now because mm. I feel like it's important for other young Latinos, other young people of color, black writers to, to know that like we can come from the most unconventional background. You feel me? Like all the twists and turns. I failed a bunch of classes. I dropped out of high school. I was mm. in community college for like four plus years, bro. You know, community college like do your thing. Mm. But you know what? None of that matters. Stay dead hustle. Mm -hmm. and even what you're doing, you know, and like we said at the beginning, we got authentic stories to tell, worthwhile stories to tell. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. man, I fully believe that. I'm glad that it all worked out that way because it was all like little steps, you know, and then it, it puts us where we're at. Mm. Have you ever, um, um, have you ever gone into hiphoppoetry.com? I, I don't think it exists no more. I went on the last time and I couldn't find it, uh, hiphoppoetry.com. I used to always like write, you know, because I started off writing poetry before I started, you know, writing lyrics, uh, well, music, you know what I mean? Hip hop. And I would submit my poetry on hip hop, uh, on, um, what's it called? Hip hop poetry.com. 
So it was pretty dope. And like that was pre social media. So I was I was getting the you know what I mean. I mean, you as, as an artist, as a writer, you know what I mean? You want people to give you uh, criticism. You want people to criticize your stuff. You want to hear what other people think about your stuff because you're dwelling about your things, you're writing all the time. You already know how you write. You know your style, but you don't know right. if you're good enough until someone comes in and looks at it and be like, okay, well, I fuck with it, but you know what I mean? And you want that, but, but what, like, you know, what am I missing? I, I don't feel like it's completely, you know, I don't feel completed yet. I don't feel like I'm, I'm there where I want to be. You know what I mean? And we all search for that. So at, at that stage of my life, I was searching for someone to kind of an approval, you know what I mean? To approve my work. Yeah. You know what I mean? When was it that you started that stage, bro? Uh, yeah, man. I feel like, man, because that I think the important thing for all of us is to feel like, you know, reason maybe or like a purpose behind what we're doing, you know, because, you know, we might all have type of burning mm -hmm. ambition or something. And for me, uh, being in community college, uh, uh, you know, like I said, being introduced to this rap website and just at first just doing them little joke raps or whatever, but then starting to realize, yo, I could interact with these rappers and me and a couple other dudes were like, let's start interacting with them. Let's make our own website. Let's start interviewing. So all of that type of stuff um, really, like, I felt like it, to, to what you're saying, I felt like I had always had like this hunger or like this burning thing in me that wasn't being addressed, right? And all of a sudden, mm. like something I was in control of, a creative outlet that I could feed that fire or whatever, you know? And so once I did that, it, it, it made me just want to be like, I posted something and people were like, hey, I agree with you. Like uh, what you said about the state of West Coast rap is true or this is what, mm. you know, so-and-so needs to do. I had never really had validation like that in my personal life. Like I didn't have, you know, like I said, I was from a single parent household. So I didn't really have my dad like patting me on the back or telling me good job or nothing like that. And so having people read my work or something that I thought and then say, we mess with this, this is dope, or we agree with it or whatever was super uh, like satisfying. You know what I'm saying? And it made, what mm -hmm. else can I do? Um, uh, and, and I agree with you too, man, that I feel like that's important because like how we sharpen our swords, right? Like if, if I started writing since I shared it with you, it was just like, it could have been stale, could have been repetitive, but like you said, it's just in. And mm. once I finally started sharing it or seeing how people, like if I did something clever on purpose and then people react to it, great. You feel me? You're mm. like, damn, okay. The extra time I took to make that sound this way or that way, if people notice it, let me do that again. And so that and then also putting it out to the to the internet and being on Instagram with it really allowed me to see what what you know I feel like there's this you might have the favorite thing you create and then you put it out there and the, everybody loves the thing you didn't think they would love you know what I'm saying yeah how I start sometimes I want to replicate something and then other times you know um, I might just be like I like how this other person rhymes something and how can I do something what I'm saying, or and I my sword a lot as a writer, and it, it makes me much. Yeah, that's dope, man. See, and that's that that's cool right there, bro. Like, I love talking to people about things things like this because it's like I'm passionate about it, bro. So I like I don't even need to write down these questions. Like, they come off the dome because like I start to think as a writer, what what is interesting to me when I'm in the writing process, when I'm in the writing stage, and I'm like thinking about all these things like am I doing it right 
am I am I am I being redundant? Am I doing the same thing as I did last time? And if the person that reads my last poem, my last writing, um, you know, page, whatever, are they going to say not this shit again? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think about those things, and like sometimes I think about it so much that I don't even do shit. You know what I mean? I don't even do anything because I'm like, nah, not right now is not the right time because I'm I'm thinking the same way that I thought the other time when I was writing the other time. I don't want to put the same things on, you know, on this poem. I don't want to do the same things. Like when you're caught up in that mentality of like, nah, today's not the day. You know what I mean? I want to write. I feel creative. Uh, but it's just, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Like I'm not, I'm not getting what I need at the moment. What do you do with yeah, this? Man, um, definitely. I think one thing that's helped a lot is um, I've really, I've, I've had the, the benefit of people around have worked really hard at things and I've seen them become successful just through consistency, mm. you know, cause I feel like sometimes we get the idea that successful people like have some type of shortcut or they know somebody or something mm -hmm. happened to them. Right. Mm. And I could, I've seen like, nah, there's a lot of people who have success that have worked really, really hard and it's about consistency. Mm. Right. And so for me, it's just been about trying to challenge myself to be consistent. And I, I bring up rap a lot because I think of someone like Nipsey Hussle, who was about like, I'm just going to keep working hard, working hard. You think of someone like Tupac, who was famous for his work mm -hmm. ethic, right? And how he recorded such mm -hmm. an archive of his music. And so what I do when I'm not feeling well, or if I'm feeling like writer's block or stuck, is to just try, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really just try and push through it now. Meaning I just try to see like, what am I going to, what am I going to create today? Or, or also one thing that has helped me, man, is, um, uh, when I first wrote my first book, a lot of my poems, um, I had written them like 10 plus years before or five. All right. Because oh, what happens okay. is I had kept my poetry secret to myself for a long time. And when I finally said, I'm gonna try and share it. Um, I had a, like a big archive. And so when I was going through it, I had this belief, like a stubborn belief in my head of like, nah, I got to keep true to what I was when I wrote it. Like if I had said, hey, in 2004, mm. I didn't want to change it, right? But then I had to like, and so sometimes that would get me stuck. Like maybe these poems, 80% of the poems, the theme I'm trying to convey, 20% doesn't. And I stubbornly might just come because it didn't fit. And so I had to challenge myself through consistency and saying push through of like, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't know how to react to this, but I was open to, let's say, editing it, right? And by being able to tell myself, like, bro, you're the author. Like, you're the one who created this work. You can have written it this way in 04, and you could find a better way to say it at the end in 08 and just do it, you know? That, yeah. like, being open-minded and just pushing through allowed me to even be more open to editing my own work, which I feel like uh, increased my talent or my my. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Because now I wasn't just holding myself in a certain box of like, I got to be authentic to how, like, why should I be authentic to how I was before? I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Like, it was just I, open all yeah. or whatever. And so when I have writer's block or I'm stuck, I try to just, if I can't write something new, maybe I give a third look to something older and then I might see a new way to flip something and change that. And then that, as a writer, mm -hmm. I'm sure you agree, like sometimes you could flip one, that'll open a whole new chapter in your head of like on this whole mm -hmm. other side you know so i see and just if you don't write every day at least try to reread something or edit something mm -hmm. and uh we'd be surprised at the even if you think like sometimes the best moves are on the fly right like audible on the and yeah. us as writers like 
I feel like it's a challenge to us if we try to adapt to those moments. That's true, bro. And you know what? And I'm pretty sure you would agree that most of the time, in retrospect, we look back and we see that we were right to begin with. Like, we felt that it was, it was done properly. Even before someone read it and said, oh, good job, that's dope. Even before that, you already know what you're putting out. You know when you put garbage out, like, oh, man, no one's going to like that shit. Like, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. You know what I mean? And it comes out as true, you know what I mean? Because, you know, but we're most of the time, we're right. Like, we feel that, that, that answer within us when we ask, is people going to like this? You know what I mean? We already know the answer. We just want to hear it. You know what I mean? We, we want someone to say it, but we already know it. I already know it. I've, I've, I've shown people certain things that I was like, like, you know, I think they're going to like it. And yeah, they're like, oh, shit, that's some dope ass shit you wrote there. And then there's times that I show some people like my, my mediocre shit. It's all right. You know, and they're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. So you, you get to, you know, to see that within yourself when you, when you yeah, look bro. back. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, Has definitely. And I think that's, that it's important that we know that that's part of the process, right? Like, meaning, like I said about successful people, like, I know they got to be consistent and just stay at it. Right. And so that not always going to be glamorous, right? Like we all think of the glamorous moments when we see people. And so for me, like there had definitely been times where I was like insecure about a certain thing I was working on or, and that would, like stall me, you know, and, and make me get stuck for a while. And, 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 um, and it's really just been about understanding for me that like all the great, right? Like great basketball players, you know, uh, they could have 70 winners, but they'd probably miss like another 45 shots that, buzzer you know what mm. i'm saying or they just always keep always keep going yeah. and so for me it just feels like you know um obviously we will want to learn through observing others mistakes or whatever but sometimes we're going to have slip-ups you know and i feel like have the, yeah. the courage within ourselves to just put ourselves out there is a huge part of the step because at the i was so mm -hmm. i was so worried bro about uh, sharing my poetry because to me i thought like i, I felt like I didn't fit the stereotype of like poetry, you know what I'm saying? Or like how poets look, or I might've felt like, damn, all my poetry is like all about my insecurities and my vulnerabilities. Like, do I really want the world to know that I go through these mm -hmm. things, you know? And so there was all kinds of things I had to uh, worry about, but I was so like caught up in like you were saying, like, damn, it might be this way, it might be that way. And then once I actually did it, like once I actually just put stuff out there, like Hell, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes there's like one poem that'll do amazing. There might be another poem that I try something different and everyone's like, mm. but I've learned mm -hmm. that uh, uh, by focusing on the process of it, right? Like not on the little steps, right? Because if on step five, you have a great uh, outcome, you might get too excited. Or if it's not a great outcome, you might get too down. I'm trying to just, I try to focus on the process right now because I feel like if you just keep laying them bricks or whatever, then the wall gets built. You know what I'm saying? And by putting myself out there and like you said being willing to to like put out things that you're not uh, not only putting out everything you think is the dopest but the other stuff i feel like it it, it you know um it molds you and it, and it just makes you better as a writer oh yeah man i mean you don't get to get better until you fail i've known that by experience bro you know what i mean so that's for sure man now i wanted to ask you because i went through the same you know similar situations where I was writing, you know what I mean? I guess you could say lovey-dovey stuff. In my poetry, I was writing some stuff that you don't talk about amongst, you know what I mean, amongst homies, amongst amongst your people, you know what I mean? You don't talk about these certain things because they'll look at you as a weirdo or whatever, you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? I mean, shit, we're human, bro. 
we're men and we suppress certain emotions sometimes because of our machismo, because of whatever we go through in life growing up where we grew up. Um, talk to us about your experiences with that and how you were able to overcome feeling a certain way about showing the world your, your, mm -hmm. your, your gift. And then once you did so, you know how to that For feel. sure, bro. Um, I think uh, I, I've been, uh, uh, I feel like in regards to the stuff I write about, like depression, anxiety, and, and vulnerabilities and insecurities, um, a, a big reason uh, that helped me was just, I feel like there's been a bit of a shift culturally or pop culture wise in society where like there's been a little bit more attention given to people's mental health. You know, I feel like you said like most of our lives, um, we, we grow up at a disadvantage already. I'm talking about like, you know, we might not have both parents or we might be, our parents might be working all the time. And so we, we might learn um, incorrect ways to do things, you know what I'm saying? Like negative or anything mm. else. And I feel like uh, I've to learn to going through this, like watching the shift in mental health coverage, like athletes in the last five, 10 years have been a lot more open. Uh, Kevin Love from the NBA. Um, I feel like DeMar DeRozan, uh, who is on the Spurs, but he, he grew up in Compton. Like, he talked about uh, dealing with depression as an athlete. Um, the bubble, bro, like the bubble that just happened in the NBA, um, a lot of uh, athletes were m more open. Like, hey, man, we're isolated right now. Like, we're away from our uh, – like, you know, these yeah, athletes true. are used to a lifestyle of – moving 100 miles per hour and all of a sudden you're just in your hotel room all the time and i feel like like yeah. like quote unquote macho figures in society be open about what they go through and even rappers bro like uh jake about you know yeah. mental health um a bunch of rappers you know what i'm saying hobson um i mentioned joe budden before uh j-rock from tde and one of his last albums he was real open about the struggles he went through after a motorcycle accident and like so watching mm. these people that I admire or see as like tough, seeing them talk about it made it a little bit easier for me to talk about it. And then, like I told you, mm. I always tell people this, but I always think of Snoop. Like Snoop says, ain't nothing to it but to do it. He's just putting it out mm. there, bro. It just taking that step it went such a long way for me caring about it. Like I was so, I really thought I was going to care about like what 500 different people thought. But just putting it out there was such a release and then it'll let me see that like nothing bad happened either you know what i'm saying like we can just do the things yeah. and a lot of times uh, uh it's not going to be as like negative as we might have envisioned and so i really always try to say like we just got to keep we just really got to try it and that that's been a, a big a, a big uh, simple philosophy but a blessing for me in the last several years mm, i appreciate you mentioning that bro because uh we need more men you know what i mean to 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 say that it's all right to express yourself how you feel, you know what I mean? Like, you feel it, like, you know what I mean? What are you gonna do, suppress it your whole fucking life? You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta ex at least use it in, in a creative form, you know what I mean? At least, you know, get it out of you, because what are you gonna do? Like, you're just gonna hold that anger in you right. your whole fucking life? Like, you know, that's what I, I had, even to this day, I have like anger issues and shit, because no one sat me down and told me like, you know, this is how you handle your anger. You know, this is how you handle this. This is how you handle that. You know, because as, you know, Mexican-Americans, we grow up and our, our parents are just, they're, they're hardworking people. You know what I mean? So they're, you know what I mean? They just, they're just there to provide and shit. You know what I mean? They did a good job at providing and being, being you know, good, good, humble people. Um, but then again, they weren't, you know, they weren't taught, you know what I mean? Oh, this is how you handle 
children in America. This is how you handle, you know, life in America with children. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure no one sat them down and told them, like, if you don't do this a certain way, this might happen yeah. to your children. You know what I mean? So we're, we're both in the same boat learning as a, as, a, as a son and as parents. We both, you know, came out losing in certain ways. But, you know what I mean? It is what it is. But just for the future generation, for people that may be listening, we need more men like yourself and others like yourself to uh to tell the world that this is this is this is something that should be done, something that should be implemented in schools, something that should be implemented at home. Telling your your son, your daughter, you know what? Express yourself. Like you know, you know, don't 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 believe what they're saying that you know if you do a certain thing as a male, you you you're a pussy, you're weak, you're this, you're that. Th right. Those are just labels. The world is so fucking sick and tired of labels, and this is why our form, like poetry, you know, music, you know, done in the right way, you know what I mean, can be therapy, can be therapeutic, and, and it, can, it can actually cure certain things within ourselves as we express these demons yeah, out of us. Yeah, it's important, man. I'm glad you said that because, you know, that's one of the reasons why I ended up deciding when I was like, damn, I really need my poetry out there. I thought to myself, I had so many breakthroughs on a personal level, bro, struggling with my own mental health through listening to hip-hop, right? So, like, if a rapper said, I was so depressed, I felt this way or that way, to hear someone else express something I felt all the time that I was ashamed to tell someone and to hear them express it and, like, still be whatever they are, right? Like, still be cool, still be, like, macho and all this other stuff. To see them be able to do that, there was, like, there's such a value in, in, in feeling, like, related, right? And so me being able to relate to it made me also say to myself, like, you know, I was a little brown kid who suffered through these things and I didn't have all the right tools available to me to help me learn through it. And if I'm an older brown person now and I say, I'm going to keep this to myself, like, nah, I, I felt ability mm. to help other kids like me or other teenagers. And so, yeah, for me now, I, I take it as a form of pride to be like, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's normal for people to feel uh, all kinds of different mental health struggles. Like it's normal to feel depressed. It's normal to sometimes feel isolated. And it's important that, like you say, we communicate, you know what I'm saying? That it's, it's okay to talk about things, yeah. nothing bad will come of it. Um, so yeah, just, just the dialogue itself is so important. And, and us talking about it and being so open about it, you know, it could, it could let the younger generation, most importantly, I feel like, because the younger kids learn everything from watching us anyway. You know what I'm saying? So notice that we're more measured when you know big events happen and we try to logically address it out mm. and we try to you know then they're going to try to learn that too and we i feel like we always want to improve upon the jet each generation you feel me and so yeah man yeah. Uh, health thing you know if you if you hurt your ankle playing basketball you're going to put some ice you're going to lift it you know you're going to address it mm. if you want to get bigger muscles you're going to do some curls if you're feeling some type of way emotionally that's too much to handle just keeping it to yourself is not going to make it better you know what i'm saying so yeah exactly. like if you have a family member that you know you could talk to then try talking to them if you have a friend and if you know therapy also i feel it's important to say like therapy is a wonderful wonderful thing you know what i'm saying like therapy is a real for a lot of people yeah. and so yeah I'm, I'm fully with talking about mental health and destigmatizing it so people know like, it's a wonderful thing and we all experience it right like every kind of uh, experiences yeah. mental health uh, issues. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. To everyone that's logged in, you know, we're just talking about, you know, um, written by Will. You know, he's a poet. You know, we're just talking about, you know, his experiences 
before the poetry, while he's doing his poetry, and how he's how we express ourselves as writers. And thank you all for for tuning in. You know, um, now as for your writing style, bro, let's get into that. Um, so now, when you first started, what style did you have, and what has it, um, you know, has it become? What has it evolved sure. to? Uh, yeah, man. In the beginning, I feel like uh, my style was just real simple rhyme, uh, and not rap style, but just like all my like, uh, um, like it would just be like maybe like four or five lines, and then another four or five lines, and each word would rhyme at the end, right? So like I have a poem that'll say, "I feel like a bird with a broken wing, damaged by all the bad I've seen." Right? I'll just keep like rhyming that style, and so a lot of my stuff was that tempo, and it it. Uh, I didn't think of writing at that time as like a creative outlet. I didn't think of it as something that could potentially, I that would be shared with people. I really felt like overwhelmed by life. And I was like, the only thing that's going to make me feel better is to write. Right. So I used to, that's, that's the, at the beginning. So first I learned poetry, like that style, uh, simple, like uh, uh, rhyme style. And so all my original poetry is that way. And once I made my first book and put it out, uh, I stuck to what I thought was safe and what I knew, which was that. And then putting it mm. on Instagram and, and, and uh, you know, meeting a lot of people in the Instagram community, other writers, um, other people who go through the same type of things that I go through, reading their poetry, seeing how they uh, talked about the same things that I went through and they flipped it. You know what I'm saying? And to see, like, it'd be me, like, you know, a Latino from L.A., a uh, girl from Scotland, another dude from Florida, uh, someone from New Zealand, and we all are dressed and all writers, and we all wrote about the same thing in four different ways, right? And so once I put myself out there and I started seeing other writers more, it made me want to experiment. It made me want to be like, what can I do uh, if I challenge myself to be different, you know? So uh, I, I actually try sometimes now when I write to I'm like, no, I don't want to do uh, simple rhymes. Like I want to try to, excuse me, I want to try to do like two or three rhymes and then have no rhyme at all. And then like the fourth thing be a rhyme. And then, so now I'm just trying to see like, you know, uh, how can how can I do stuff that feels exciting or whatever? So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it really challenged me now to see what else I can do. And doing that is exciting. I feel like the poetry that I write now it feels like I told you, like I put the practice in, now I'm getting, or, you know, with the jumper or whatever. Yeah, that's dope, man. Um, how long did it take you to compile all the stuff that you put into your first book? And how how many years apart were each works with within that for book? For sure. So for my first book, um, I would say that I probably started writing poetry probably like in five or something. And I book out book in 2018 so to be true my oh. first book had uh stuff from that whole range so it had 70 uh, percent wow. of the work was probably like 05 to 08 to be honest with you and at first i was just like making like an anthology or whatever like i didn't know what i was like mm. you know uh what you know what how similar are these poems and i stacked them all together but i didn't really know a theme and then once um once I put that together, I started to like see, okay, you know, you, you can start to shift stuff or move it around. And um, what was I going to say? Um, so yeah, with the first book, it has the range, like I told you, of almost 13 years. And between those 13, 
Um, mm. Almost all of it was the older stuff. I, I realized uh, creatively, I was like, okay, I, I need to put like bridges or segues here. And so I wrote a couple of new poems to connect everything. And I had made the choice to myself. At first I thought I was gonna put all my poems with like the, the dates I wrote them, right? And then I was like, I didn't want my book to have a bunch of old dates on it. And I was like, what does it matter uh, when I wrote it? Like, this is my work. Take it out the dates, mm. put that together. So it took me, I would say, like, I feel like, like a rapper with their debut album, life to make the first book you feel me so at least it was probably 10 years in the making of me just writing stuff i didn't really think about the book till about 2015 but it took me about a year to make the first book once i thought about it i looked oh, wow. through like 200 poems i picked like yeah i picked like wow. 30 that i thought 15 um and i should say man it's because uh, we talked a little bit about self-publishing at the beginning like to people watching like, YouTube is a wonderful asset. You feel me? Like YouTube is full of tutorials. Other self-published authors are on YouTube. They show you, you know, a lot of the uh, the basics on how to do it. I did everything truly independent, all on my own hustle. Like I, I learned how to, you know, format it. Um, I, I, I outsourced through uh, apps like Fiverr, you know, like work for hire websites. You can mm -hmm. hire uh, graphic designers. You can hire I hired someone to draw the cover. I hired someone to draw the illustrations inside. And it's, you can work on a budget, bro. You can find people bucks. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it depends what you need. But what I'm saying is, um, so that one year process, I used the internet and my own hustle. You feel me? Like, so people, right, you just hopped on, I hopped on YouTube, you know, watched videos on how to put it together. It took about a year to put the first book. And I really felt like I was just gonna rock with the first book for a while. Um, so it took me about a year to make it, and then just through life, bro. In 2019, um, uh, my 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 dad he he got cancer out of nowhere, and uh, weeks he passed oh, away. Wow. Like he was like, oh dang, sorry to hear and, that, bro. And, and he was just gone all of a sudden, and that event like, you know, and it made me feel like, damn, what am I doing? You know, like meaning I knew I had I had 200 poems, and I picked like 30 book and then I was kind of happy and I was like yo like I didn't have a good relationship with my dad when I was growing up because he wasn't around a lot and now he had come back passed away so I was mm -hmm. kind of like I didn't want to take anything for granted and so that motivated me to be I got like a hundred other poems why am I just chilling so I got like on my ass and I made the second book in a, in a year basically or like five months and so my first book was in 2018 and then the last one came out in 2019 but it was just uh, learned a lot and since I was capable of it yeah. and I knew how to do it, I felt like, what am I waiting for? Let me let me see if I could replicate it. And then I feel like the second book was better in every way because you just learn so much in making the first one. Uh, so yeah, you're out there thinking mm -hmm. about self-publishing, like um, uh, look up, uh, uh, you know, Google it. Uh, there's a lot of resources. Look it up on YouTube. You can definitely make good quality work. You know, you're gonna have to be consistent and, and hustle at it, but it's, it's possible, bro, and, and uh, you know, I'm really proud of, of both of my books. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Now, as as some someone like myself, like, I don't know if it's because I'm a Virgo or is it because I'm just, like, you know, so picky with my stuff, but I would think that once it's time to, like, like get into all my, my archive of my poetry and pick something to make into a compilation book, that, that would have been hard for me, like, I would want to like, you know, I would be so picky 
Like, how did you even, you know, do, like, get 30 out of 200 poems? Like, how did you do that? Like, what were you basing it on? What were you, what was your theme? Or were you just, did you have a theme? Or, I mean, how did you come out with those 30? Yeah, bro, um, what I did is once I realized, like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I was a little kid, I liked to write. I knew I liked writing. When I was in community college, I joined the college newspaper, so I was a journalist. So I love to write. So I knew I liked to write. So I was like, I'm, I need to make a book, right? So I make the first book, and when I looked at all my 200 poems, I had to be like, damn, like, all right, what do... So I just read a bunch of them again, and I started to... I literally just categorized them, right? So if I read, like, 10 in a row that were about depression, I, I write on an each, like, depression. About anxiety. Mm. anxiety. Uh, the other 10 were about love, but love, right? So I made up my own little system of notes. And so by starting to separate them, I started to, right? So if I, if I read five poems from the depression, category, I thought they were really strong and they all had a similar theme. Then I started, my brain started to say, like, I see a pattern emerging here. Let me put these aside, right? And then, like I told you, I might have uh, like three good ones about anxiety and another one about love. And if, if I looked at them all and then I said, all right, uh, if the love caused the anxiety, then I would try to put the love poem in the middle or whatever. And so just by, you know, by starting the work of day one of just start trying to do the book, right? And just telling myself every day I got to do something for the book. Um, it, you know, it, it was monotonous, but like I said, I just started separating them. So uh, this is the pile of this kind. This is the pile of that kind. And then if I had a whole bunch of one kind, which I had a lot of poems about depression, for example, I was like, all right, so I guess my my book's going to be about depression. And once I knew about the poems, and if I had something, for some reason, bro, whenever I would write a poem, I almost always put a title. So just to my own, I was like, mm -hmm. it just, I, I don't know, I feel like it's the rap influence where, you know, like, we, mm -hmm. so I would write yeah. a poem, and then I'd be like, hmm, I'm gonna call this poem Alone in a Crowd or whatever. And so one of my poems was called Lost in Life. So, and so once I in the book together and i said it's going to be about depression i kept looking at that or whatever and it kind of comes to your mind of like yo i like alliteration right so i'm like lost life like i was like lost in life's ocean and so it kind of just fit you know what i'm saying that's why i think it's important what we talked about earlier about i want you know our peoples our hint to know is like just try you feel like start doing it start writing the script start working on the book make the instagram page because when you start you feel me? Like, that's the only way it's going to build and it's going to grow. Starting it. And when you get your juices from, your creativity is going to come out. We talked earlier about trusting your instincts. You know what I'm saying? Like I told you, we have mm -hmm. good stories to tell. So it's really about just trying to, to be organized and smart about it. And, and that really helped me. And so once I did that, when I said I'm going to make the second book, I said, all right, book one was all about this. And, it had and I was like, how do I want that story to continue? So for the second book, it was the same process porch i have my beats last nipsey hustle for like three months in a row and every oh, and I, okay. same thing like i printed all i printed like a hundred poems right so you had to spend a little bit of money at the printer but i printed, i did it also oh, yeah. with a red pen and i just started putting like a smiley face if it was a happy poem a sad face if it was depressed a heart if it was love and i repeated the process and because i had already done it once then i knew like like i said like it's like riding a bike or whatever it was better and that's really how it, how it came to be that's dope man now going over like uh just recently maybe a couple couple weeks back i was going over some of my poem that i wrote about uh about anxiety when i was really having like 
bad anxiety. That was like a couple of years back. I was having terrible anxiety, like like type of anxiety that makes you think like, you know what, maybe death is not that bad. You know what I mean? Um, and I was like thinking back on how I was feeling. Like, does it ever make you just reading your own stuff of how you were feeling a certain day when you wrote something? Does it ever take you back to that yeah, moment, man, bro? Yeah, um, man, for sure. It's interesting because so long, everything I wrote was just kept to myself. And then it felt real cathartic when I first made my Instagram to finally be like, you know what? Like, screw it. I just let it all out. Like, people are going to read, you know, because uh, friends and family supported me and they bought the book. And I knew, like, damn, they're about to go home and, like, <coughs> yeah. I didn't know. I feel like also a lot of people who suffer through depression and anxiety, we try to mask it, bro, right? Like, we try to mask it like mm -hmm. toughness or like or through laughter you know what i'm saying and so a lot of times i would try to like always be smiling at people or try to be cool with people and i was hiding how i felt and so by me making the book and then them buying it i had to be like damn they're gonna go home and read, and they're gonna be like damn you know i didn't know this about him or whatever and mm. but it's it, it it all just became liberating bro like like to be honest with you like like i said it, it just uh doing it and going through it showed me that all the stuff that i had worried about almost always is just stuff that we're worried about right like depression and anxiety specifically i feel like they constantly try to trick us into thinking that things are worse than it really is um, so exactly. uh, by learning how to release it though almost everything i reread i feel okay with now because i try to remind myself that i'm using it as my art form now or whatever right like meaning like i'm trying to be creative with it but there's certain poems right like i've written a poem about my my grandma passing have some poems uh, deal with my mm. dad acting away. And I thought I was all cool with them. And then when I actually tried to read them to people, I got all choked up. You know what I'm saying? So it's oh, like some yeah. things yeah. I thought I released when I wrote it. And then I thought I was over. And then months later, I go to reread it. And it feels like an open wound. You know what I mean? So the bad yeah. thing, I guess, because it makes me know that I'm able to evoke emotion. But yeah, sometimes it definitely rekills or triggers like old pain. But uh, I try to remind myself that, you know, we're, we grow through our pain or whatever. So, so definitely. Yeah, man, shit. When you're writing, bro, um, when do you say to yourself, like, okay, that's it. I don't want to keep adding more to this. Like, it, it, looks, it looks cool already. Like, when do you say stop? Is it whenever you just, your, 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 your juice stops flowing, like your words start, stop coming? Or how, how do you know when to stop? I, I've been lucky so far. That I, I kind of just right like writing something. Um, uh, I might do like five or ten lines of a poem and really like like a perfect mood for it, and then something will happen. Like my mood will switch, and I might get distracted. I might get hungry. I might get a text that changes my whole. And then I'll just be like, I'm gonna put this away for now, right? And so um, uh, it's kind of like uh, able to uh, to to revisit it. And and rewrite stuff has been has been helpful, but um, but yeah, bro. Hey, my bad, bro. I kind of spaced out right there. Oh, all good, man. All good. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, man. Cause I, I mean, that happens to me, bro. When I write, when I write, I'm like, does that sound like a good ending? And should there even be an ending with poetry? I mean, that's a question. I mean, that, that that's a good question for any writer. You know what I mean? Should there ever be an ending to any type of? Of course, the story needs an ending. You know what I mean? But like any type of thing, like a poem, like creative writing type things, like should there even be an ending or should there be open for, for, uh, for interpretation, open for 
the person to imagine. And yeah, I, in my experience with the first first two books, bro, has been that why did I been, but like is when the best stuff has happened. So like I told you, rigid about mm -hmm. it of like, we gonna keep it how I or they're all gonna be this way or that way. And then putting it out mm -hmm. and, and experiencing it kind of showed me uh, the benefits of flexibility or whatever. And so sometimes I like, so for example, my first book, the last poem in the first book, way when I wrote it, and then I knew that I was like, damn, if I add like four lines to it, creatively, it'll just fit better, right? And I wanted it to end like on a like ambiguous note or whatever. And so I, right, which mm -hmm. is, I had to have that inner conflict as a writer of like, damn, I'm about to change this poem that I wrote, and like, you know, I felt this many years mm -hmm. ago or whatever. But it's right, but I did it thinking that it was just a nice way to end the first book. And like I told you, life would so have it that in the next six months, a, a bunch of horrible things happened that made me be more like, you know, with a fire me. And I started making, and because I was, because I was open-minded enough to allow to edit the first book's ending, it gave me the avenue to connect the second book perfectly. And so I was able to, one, and then, so that only, possible by me being open-minded you feel if i mm -hmm. uh, book one ended ambiguous book two has to be different or whatever i think i feel like i would have closed myself out to possibilities so yeah i feel like especially with social media and the way everything is now we don't really have to hold ourselves constraints right like we could we could try and see how it comes out and uh you know authenticity matters and like i said we got good stories to tell um and I feel like if we if we do it and we create stuff, some of it's gonna be great, some of it might not be, but that's the only way to get better. So that's really mm -hmm. been helpful to me creatively on ever since the two books. That's what's up, man. See, yeah, I'm loving this, bro. I'm loving this because I don't even see platforms like this where where people like like you and myself, bro, that we just talk about our passion. You know what I mean? Our passion and 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 discuss it in a manner where not only do we go what's on the surface, but what's below the surface, what's 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 in our minds when we actually are creating, what's 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 driving us to to make more of this, you know what I mean, of this creative creativity within paper, you know what I mean? Um, now when we talk about like writing and um, having an inspiration, um, where do you find inspiration at, bro? Like, do you have friends that you that you go to to talk to about, you know what I mean? Uh, how do you write your poetry? How do you write your stories? Um, who do you go to for for that advice? Or is it just YouTube, like like myself? Like I don't know anyone. Like personally, I don't know anyone that that you know writes and stuff on on the level where it's like storytelling or, or poetry. Uh, I, I know rappers, but that's another type of writing. Like you know, I'm talking about writing in this format. Um, who do you go yeah, to for I mean, that? Uh, uh, for the most part, um, I because I was so, this uh, poetry was personal to me and because it was all about like my, my securities and vulnerabilities, I never really shared hardly anybody, right? So I had like one or two people that I shared, it with, but that was kind of like, I was hypersensitive to the idea of how I might be perceived if they knew that I struggled with ideas or whatever. And so um, once I actually started letting uh, poetry out, I've had the experience kind of, to be honest with you, where um, I've, I feel like the, the, the most uh, satisfying moments I've had has been when I express myself creatively. So, for example, uh, my, 
for a long time, and I trust his creativity. But, but I, I, didn't, I was working on my stuff of like, damn, do I want to go to people and then see what they have to say about it? Uh, I, I don't know. I felt like creatively it would it might have impacted too much of how I wanted to, um, you know, uh, like embark on this journey as a writer, or whatever. So I've just really been trying to uh, trust my own instincts and feel like um uh you know by trial and error meaning if i if i uh, uh originally would only put out stuff from my first book right so i it was like carefully crafted like okay i made my first book and this is what i'm gonna put out it's all from the first book once i started having got over that fear i was able to realize i might make like ig stories with a with a uh, like a freestyle poem throwaway poem a poem that's not going to go in a book but it's something that just felt creative i said okay let me buy Amazon and then let me do audio on my poems right so I made a couple poems that were like I made them just to transition book one book two because on book one my whole Instagram was all about book one like color wise and I said mm -hmm. damn I have to get the I have to get my audience uh, visually ready for a whole new theme or whatever and so I said let me write these poems that will transition from book one to book two and I'll have them be audio poems let's say and so by putting that out it's it allowed me to do what you're saying of like let me see what the people like and if i put out these that were a little mm -hmm. bit more experimental and not me and they got 500 likes then i thought okay people like this you feel me and if i put out like an experimental poem and it got like 10 likes i might say all right maybe this is not the way to go you know what i mean so i kind of been doing it that way uh through instagram Great way, you know, like not everything has to be a feed post, right? Like it could be a story. I sometimes I put a poem out on the story and just see how people react to it. And also watching other creatives do the same thing, like other writers I enjoy and respect. I see that, like they'll have their their feed will have like content from the book, but their stories might have freestyle poems or poems about one topic or another, and that allows us to kind of experiment and see where we're at with how the people react. That's dope, man. So the first book, bro, A War Within. Why, uh, why that title? Uh, so uh, for A War Within, bro, uh, because a, a, a big part of my life has been struggling with inner conflict. And so you know, all the war within represent that. But it also, uh, it's like a double meaning because my initials, so my name is uh, Will and my middle initial is an A and my last name is Ray. I, I made it a, a war within. So it's like double play of like, you know, internal conflict, but also my personal internal conflict. So I made the book that way because I wanted anybody who has depression or anxiety or who, who feels like they're battling themselves to feel like this book is them or something that if they were to read it, they're going to find, you know, things that or someone who kind of understands what they're going through. So I wanted it to, to be like, like I said, just about conflict. But the thing about a war that I, I really wanted to emphasize was that when you're in a war, you're you're in a battle, right? So in my first book, uh, Lost but by the time I'm at the second book, now I'm at least at war, meaning I taught myself enough to put up a fight, to be like, nah, I'm not just going to be lost no more. Like, I'm going to find my way even if I can there. And so that's why I chose uh, that theme for it. That's dope, man. That's a dope, man. See, that's a dope way that you even, like, you put, like, hidden, hidden meanings within the title. You know what I mean? Initials, like, acronyms, W-A-R. Yeah. That's dope, man. See that that's a that goes a long way with, with you know with being a creative and just uh you know giving people these little seeds here and there to pick up on and um and I mean that's that's really what the creative mind's about, bro. Just just uh 
leaving it off for the people to decide, you know, what this means and what this is about. But once you start reading the inside, the pages, then you get, you know, a taste of what is my bad, y'all. <coughs> it was an Instagram one-hour shit. Kicked me out. Coming back in, though. Finishing up the interview with uh, the homie written by Will. Thank y'all for joining back. Gracias for joining back. Instagram kicked me out. One-hour thing. As you can see, I am trying to build up so I can eventually go into a live through Instagram. But I'm still trying to fix up. I'm still trying to find out how to do the whole live on Instagram. I mean, uh, live on YouTube. So little by little, I'll get it to be live on YouTube. That way I can do, I can stop with this whole Instagram one hour bullshit. But uh, it is what it is. Thank y'all for coming back in. And I know the talk is really good. Conversation is really good. Uh, it's a very informative. Uh, and uh, thank you for joining us back, man. Is the whole Instagram thing, man. <laughs> you know how that goes. Sure. Yeah, man. Um, so now, um, as we were saying, man, you know, it, it's, it's really dope how, how you know, you gave these little, you know, hints of other, you know, seeds of, of acronyms, W-A-R, you know, and it, it's like the war that we all go through yeah. within our daily lives. You know what I mean? We all have, like, you know, things that we don't talk about certain, certain people. Even with our closest, you know, family, we don't talk about these issues. But we go through them, and we hope that one day we can overcome them. Some people aren't so lucky to overcome them just, you know, by themselves. They need that extra help, the next, the extra push to, you know what I mean, uh, you know, to get over our, our, our demons inside or whatnot. But um, so now as, as we speak right now, how are you with dealing with these, these feelings of anxiety and depression? How are you doing now, man? Uh, appreciate that, bro, man. I'm, I'm doing much better. Like I told you for me, uh, uh, you know, taking the chance on myself and, and trusting in myself as a writer and as a creative person to put my work out there was really scary. Right. And it was something that I had feared for a while, but once I did it, you know, that felt super empowering. So I got like a, a, a good natural high just from, uh, uh, learning and realizing that my whole world wasn't going to collapse if I opened mm -hmm. about these things or you know, did this stuff. So that in and of itself was really empowering. And once I, once I uh, took that step, I started, like I told you through Instagram, finding other writers that covered the same type of topics I did. Uh, uh, so reading other poets interpretations of their mental health struggles uh, was creatively satisfying for me. Um, that felt, you know, um, gave me a sense of community. Uh, and so, you know, seeing others, like even, to be honest with you, bro, even seeing like other dope poetry and taking the time to leave them a comment, taking the time to tell them my favorite line on it or whatever, me knowing what it feels like for me as a writer when someone does that, I try to do it back, right? So if I leave them a comment, whatever, um, that sense of like uh, uh, two people who struggle with something helping each other, me showing them empathy and compassion is satisfying and fulfilling for me and it also helps them. And so just going through that is therapeutic and empowering and becoming more comfortable with talking about these issues also let me see that it's not such a bad thing. And so, like I told you, that made me be more open to other ways we can help ourselves when we struggle with stuff like this. So, you know, I started uh, doing therapy and I did things that allow me to understand that, you know, uh, a lot of us suffer depression and anxiety and other mental health issues based on how we grew up or the environment mm -hmm. we're in, or, you know, parenting style, 
all these different things that we don't get to choose that nobody asks us for our input and those uh you know those things affect us and influence us for our whole lives and so it's important that when we become older that other young people know like it's okay to reinvent yourself or it's okay to like not know what direction your life has or to feel like you don't know what you're doing and if you do feel that way it's okay to talk about it with somebody right um and mm -hmm. however your comfort level is you might have to work through it but talk to someone about it and then it can like you know grow and so being open-minded enough about that and being honest with myself that there's nothing wrong with me for feeling these ways has allowed me to you know seek things that you know like i said like therapy is really good sometimes it just lets you see it from a logical level sometimes too of like damn I might think that I'm cursed or I might think that I'm stuck in a certain way and a therapist can teach you like, no, like the reaction you have is very predictable. Most people would have that type of reaction in that situation. Let's, you know, understand why we react that way and try to find other ways to, to react And something as simple as that can sometimes really be super helpful. You know what I mean? Like, and so all of that has really empowered me to just feel like uh, there's nothing wrong with it and understanding that, makes me uh makes it a lot easier you know what i'm saying because like you said if you, you said you suffer from anxiety before as well like anxiety will lie to us bro like anxiety will tell us that the world is we lie bro you ain't lying yeah like yeah. over it's all a wrap it's 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 done and it'll make us freak out and i've learned like slow down relax try to see and, and you know it's nine times out of ten you know god willing things are not as bad as we envisioned they would be, you know what I'm saying? So, so I'm thankfully doing much better. And, and it's through, like I said, through uh, talking about it, through trying to help other people realize that there's nothing wrong with you for feeling that way. I feel that way. We all feel that way. It's really been like a, a, a burden lifted off of me, you know? So that's been real helpful. No doubt, man. And you said something earlier, man, to reinvent yourself, man. That's so important. And you know what? You can actually reinvent yourself when you start writing about what's going on within you like you can actually like go outside yourself and think about imagine you're someone how someone views you as a third person you can actually write as a third person how you are how you think people perceive you in that type of uh you know third person uh you know aspect and actually you know i mean this this the possibilities are endless man how you can like reinvent yourself with with a pen or a pencil, you know what I mean? Just writing about every X, Y, and Z things, man. Yep. That's 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 the beauty of poetry, man. That you can um you can expand and talk about things that you never actually even experienced. But just just to ponder and just you know imagine how it would be to experience it. Just 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 that imagination. Letting that imagination go. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what writing's about, bro. Because I mean, we see it in hip hop. All these rappers talking about I got you know this and that, and I got, you know, so many cars and whatever, you know what I mean? The reality is they're renting that shit, you know what I mean? It's been proven a lot of these rappers right. rent their things that they post up on YouTube or whatever. So it's like, it's all basically, uh, it's just an image. It's just an image that, and um, it's just talking about something in a way that, you know, it doesn't exist, but it's like creative, you know what I mean? So the same way is poetry, creating something that doesn't actually exist in your life, but putting it in the way that you're putting yourself in the situation that you've never been before and you're imagining it like it's actually happening so you know it's just a it's a beautiful thing man poetry is you know what i mean yeah and i think it's important to say bro like especially us like we live in america it's a real consumer driven society it's a capitalist society so you know everybody is trying to sell us an image 
everybody is always like ever since we're little like you know come buy your burgers here come shop here mm -hmm. your car here you need the tall car you need the red car you need the you know the speedy car. like everything is about image right and so mm -hmm. we don't have no choice in that right like we're part of the society and so what i mean is so many things make us feel like we have to fit an image or we have to be a certain way and what i love about self-publishing what i love about social media being so readily available for the most part to all people is that it gives us the outlet to be able to do things our way right and so instead of me feeling like, damn in order to be a poet i got to fit this lane i want other writers and i'm sure like i want other writers watching it to be like we don't have to fit no lane right like we don't have to fit the other image like we can our image could be the winning image our experience could be the winning experience you know what i'm saying like there's a, a richness and a depth to the to what most of us have gone through you know most people love dramatic movies or suspenseful movies most poor people of color have had dramatic suspenseful lives you feel me like mm -hmm. like we we have what people want to see and and we have experiences that are relatable and so i just think it's important yeah like we got to trust in ourselves trust our instincts and write you feel me put out like i told you like and especially with social media if you love poetry about depression search the hashtag depression poetry or whatever you're gonna find some dope poets that write just about depression you know what i'm saying and that might be the thing that lets you see that if you take the time to write a book about depression there'll be an audience for it or there'll be a community for it and so it's all about like you know with the internet any other writers like just put in the work search the stuff research it uh i start with looking up the style you like but it's going to introduce you to other styles and the next thing you know you end up being like this sick writer with like four four or five different bags you can go into you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and it's it's uh it's it's there for the taking you feel me yeah man oh man this is dope man um now as for did you uh publish on amazon by any chance yeah bro so um i made um uh uh both books uh, I, I got to bring up Nipsey Hussle again, man, because I, what I love, one thing about him is that he was real big on ownership, right? And so he talked mm -hmm. about how he created a, a thing of value, right? Like his story is valuable, but also his ability to tell his story from his point of view was an asset, right? Mm -hmm. like labels want that, people want that, but he always preached that he's going to be the owner, right? So like if someone's going to get ripped off his music, it's going to be him. And so when I said, I'm going to make a book, I thought to myself, like, damn, these are people who I respect and look up to. I'd be a fool to not listen to the, the lessons they're trying to teach me, right? And so when I made my book, I was like, I'm not going to collab with nobody. I'm not going to ask anybody to pitch in on it. I'm going to learn everything myself, right? So I was on YouTube learning how to format. Um, uh, there's websites like, you know, there's, uh, I, I use the website called bookbaby.com. So it's like basically okay. a place that prints books and then they'll charge you to print the books. And they'll try to sell you like a package, you know, they'll be like, hey, you could buy the package, self-publishing package, and we'll make a cover for you, we'll edit it. They'll do everything for you, right? But obviously there's some sort of partnership or there's some type of other element involved. And so for me, I was like, nah, I don't wanna, like, this is my story, this is my struggle, my, I want it to be all about, not in a selfish way, but I meant like, I want it to be, you know, uh, my way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that way, bro. I was just able to um, um, uh, maintain the creative control of it or whatever. And I just feel like that was important, um, uh, an important foundation to set. And, uh, you know, uh, doing it that way has just given me that freedom. Mm, that's dope, man. So um, as for Amazon publishing, uh, they, uh, what is the... Okay, yeah, yeah. My how did they do it? 
So, so what happens is with Amazon, once I, my bad, once I published the book, um, Amazon was the same way. Like Amazon was like, uh, um, join some package deal or whatever the case is. But when I researched self-publishing, I learned that a really important aspect is something called the ISBN, right? So it's like the, uh -huh. the barcode. barcode. Yeah. Connected yeah. to the barcode. And it's like the, uh, um, it's like a, I don't remember the number amount, but it might be like nine or 10 numbers that are unique. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's basically like the barcode of a book, right? It's like your ownership. Yeah. And so all these places like book baby or Amazon, they'll offer you like a package deal where if you buy with them, you'll get an ISBN through them or whatever, but you can go the route of buying your own ISBN. So because I was trying to be the owner, I went and bought my own ISBN. The thing about ISBNs is, you could buy one for a hundred and uh, no uh, one for like a hundred and fifty bucks, or you could buy ten for three hundred. And I okay. is unique. Like so, each time you make a book, you need a different ISBN. And if you make an uh, ebook version, then you need another ISBN for the ebook. So anyway, when I made the first book, I bought my own ISBN. By having my own ISBN, Amazon wants to sell stuff no matter what, right? So they prefer to have you be part of their author deal. But if you have your own ISBN, you can just list your book through their author program and be the sole owner of it. All you got to do is just put the process of uh, signing up to their author program. Uh, they don't get like, uh, well, what was I going to say? They get like, they get a certain percentage. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they take like, let's say like six bucks out of it or whatever. So you can work your way past that. But that's how I was able to get listed on there. I had my own ISBN. So when I was uploading the information um, to Amazon's marketplace, I just put it my own ISBN in there. Um, and then there the specifics. There's like, I watched YouTube tutorials, so I, I don't recall the exact specifics, but independent authors can definitely get their book on Amazon. And um, they'll try to, they're, they're gonna have like a whole program. Like they'll tell you like, they're gonna encourage you to have your book for let's say like 10 bucks or whatever, because most books sell for 10 bucks, but you can pick your own price range. My book's 20 bucks. So I was like, I'm just gonna have to put it for 20 bucks. And then it tacks on like a shipping cost or whatever. And like I told them, take like a fee of it. They, they're very honest and upfront. It's like, a, I don't know, like six bucks or something they take. I don't know what the percentage is, but anyway, that's how I was able to do it. So um, I, I would recommend to people if they're interested, I thought uh, ownership was important. Like, so I just bought my own and, um, and uh, if you Google ISBNs, it's through a website called uh, Boker, B-O-W-K-E-R. Um, they're like the only place in America that can sell you official ISBNs. And so if you have your own ISBN, you can upload to Amazon and sell on there. Um, and they'll just take a small percentage, but everything else is yours. Now, how would that work? I wonder how that would work. What, how much of a right do they have of the book? And, you know, for example, say that you have a book, a novel, and eventually it turns into a movie. Uh, how much right do, does Amazon have on the actual story? Is it just for the selling of that particular item which is that book yeah so or is it an actual right of the story yeah no nah, so the way i did it they're just being like a merchant like they just sell it. Oh, okay so they just get their six bucks or whatever but because they are going to ship it like they when i signed up they gave me the option that i could either send them to say like 30 books to their shipping place and then whenever someone orders it they'll ship it or you can just be the independent seller that sells it through them so I chose to use Amazon because, you know, um, most people buy 
on Amazon. And I felt like I, my experience as a self-publisher was that when you tell people you wrote a book, the first thing they ask you is, is it on Amazon? You feel me? So I'm like, okay, I got to make sure the book's on Amazon. But yeah, so in my case, uh, and like I said, I recommend buy your own ISBN. If you think you're going to make more than one book, trust me, buy the, the bundle because I bought the, for my first book, I just bought the $125 one or whatever. And then a year later, I made a second book. I was like, damn, I'm about to drop another 150 bucks. I wish I, you feel me? So um, you could buy 10 of them for 300. And uh, once you have that, it's like the, it's like I said, like it's the thing that says that you're the owner of the, of the work of the, um, of the creative uh, piece or whatever. So um, I would recommend anybody interested in, like you said, if my book were to blow up and be a movie, I thankfully wouldn't have to split it with nobody because in the beginning process, I made sure. And like I said, self-publishing, it is every self-publisher that I've seen or like a third party, they offer you the ready to go package. They're like, hey, yeah. away, like pay us like 1500 bucks and just give us your manuscript and we'll edit it, we'll do it all. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure, like I told you, they have some sort of distribution rights because Book Baby tried to do, like they offered me like a plan, like the author plan. Okay put you in Barnes and Noble and we'll, but all of it had to do with cuts, like percentages. And I, mm -hmm. I had enough faith in myself where I was like, I know my hustle. I know my, um, uh, what I'm trying to convey with the book and I believe in it. So I was like, I'm not trying to do it that way. You know what I mean? But um, mm -hmm. so I would recommend ownership is through ISBNs. If you're an author, try to buy your own ISBNs. And then, and then Amazon is like I said, ju they're just the third party merchant. They're just selling it for me. And they get a cut because you know they're Amazon, and I get the prestige of being on yeah. the farm or whatever. That's dope, man. See, as for um, as for editing, um, as for editing, did you get your stuff edited? Or as for poetry, like, is editing even like that much of a big deal? Because in poetry, there's like room enough for the art for the poet mm -hmm. to make it in a certain way that it doesn't really need to be, you know, set like a, like, like a novel. It doesn't need to be in a format that needs to, needs correction in that way, because it's like, it's more radicalized where, you know, it can look a certain other, you can format the, the, the wording to go in a certain way. And it's, you know, that's poetry. You know what I mean? It's just different. You know what I mean? It's more, more creative, more, I don't know, just different. You know what I mean? So when it comes to editing, how do you see editing in, in terms of poetry? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a good point, bro. It's important um, for me. At first, like, I, you know, um, what I did, I did have both books edited just because when I watched uh, tutorials and stuff about self-publishing, a lot of people said, like, you know, uh, don't rush and make sure that what you're creating is something that has quality to it, right? And so I didn't want to rush and make something and then tell people that I respected hey, I made a book, buy my book. And then maybe they're reading it at home and there's a bunch of spelling errors or I messed up in one part. And so uh, through uh, Fiverr, I mentioned earlier, right, which is just like a third party, um, like job site where people hire other people. I had looked, like they had a whole section of uh, editors and you, you know, um, all that and what helped me was just be clear about what I wanted, right? So like you mentioned with poetry, there's a lot of creative license, right? Like I may, I may say hustling instead of hustling. And I, mm -hmm clear with the like with the editors that I hired you know there's like a theme like uh just like uber or whatever like they would have ratings and stuff or yelp you know yeah. so I would look I, I communicated with them like hey look my book's uh, a, po a, po a poetry book and I want you to edit for grammar or I want you to edit for style or like spelling right so that way they knew 
not to come at me with a bunch of like you said hustling and i'm gonna be like bruh uh, <laughs> book means <laughs> so so as long as you're clear yeah like for me that was what helped with my editing process was so i paid someone through through fiverr um but you're able to like i said to have competitive pricing and what's cool about the internet bro is there's people from all over the world right so sometimes you might get someone that's from another part of the country that's willing to do it for a little bit cheaper than the person from LA or whatever, you know, and you could find good work. So um, I, I, like I said, with poetry, I would just recommend people be upfront to just make sure that they know that when whoever they hire to edit, if they do, which I think is important, like I said, because you're basically creating something for the world to see. And, you know, if you're the type of person that makes sure that your clothes looks nice when you leave or your shoes are tied, why would you put out a book or anything else that's, you know, poorly done or rushed? So yeah, I would recommend editing and, and, and we live in a time now where it's not, you know, too much of a financial burden. You could find people that are willing to work with you, but be upfront with them because you don't want them to bring a red pen through your whole document, right? Like tell them what you're working on and what it's about. And most editors are used to that. And uh, it's, it's, you know, and it was valuable because uh, real quick, I had, um, I have journalism experience. And when I was in journalism, I was known for being a good copy editor, right? So like, we would read stories before I went to the paper, we had to make sure we didn't mess up. And so one of the last people to read it would be me, I had my red pen out, and I would catch stuff all the time. So when I made my book, I was like, why do I need an editor? I'm an editor. And but I didn't want to be arrogant. So I hired someone. It was one of my old college classmates, and I paid her and she did it for me. And sure enough, she found certain things that I was like, Okay, oh, dang. I remember when I went to my college professor and I told him I wrote a book, I was confident that he wasn't going to be like, wow, well, like there's all these errors in your book, you know? So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think editing is an important uh, aspect as if, you know, just making it be as professional as you can, because um, that does matter, you know, especially to people as how professional something looks can sometimes be the difference between whether they pick up my book at all or not. Yeah, man. Now the second book, man, how much more of the same feeling that the first book had did you put into the second one? I know you mentioned there was more of a transition between the fight that you were in a way kind of like starting up that you, the, the, the plane wasn't, wasn't level. You know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't balanced. Like it was an unfair fight at that point. Right. Now the second book is more of a, you know, even playing like you're able to take in this stuff and you're able to like, you know, be, be more, you know, the, the challenge is even now, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what's going on, you know how to address it, and you're addressing it, you know what I mean? So what, how, how, um, how different of, 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 of uh, poems that you put on the second one than the first one? Yeah, so it was, uh, it was pretty different. So with, with the first book, it was a lot shorter, right? I only had like 25, 30 poems. And so my first time making a book, and like I told you, I kind of had it be about a thing where, I wanted to introduce the world to me in the sense of, hey man, I'm like this, I feel lost my whole life and these are the reasons why. And so I had like poetry about like my grandma dying, uh, certain things that had happened in my life that were traumatic. And when I ended the first book, it ended on this idea of me feeling like, I felt like I had finally beat my depression, right? So I was like about to hit my twenties and I was like foolish youth, like, ha, I, I'm, I'm straight now, I'm good. It's all, it's all gonna be gravy from here. And that's how the first book kind of ends. And so the second book came about, like I told you, because unfortunately I had traumatic events occur again in my life and it made me feel like I got to do it. So when I made the second book, I was like, okay, I got to build off book one. And so the second book was like, it starts with me feeling like it's called a war within, right? So it starts with me, the first chapter is called the pacifist. 
And it's about me saying to the world that I don't like war. You feel me? Like, I don't want war. Like, my whole life has felt like war. I feel like I finally figured everything out. I'm trying to be peaceful. And what I've learned is that, you know, life doesn't cooperate with our plans. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't really care what we have envisioned. Life's just going to be what life is. And so because my life was actually being uprooted in real life, um, I, I wanted the book to reflect that, right? And so, but I wanted it to reflect growth because I felt like I have to grow through this pain. And so with the second book, um, uh, the poetry is a little bit at the beginning. It's, I try to make it be like optimistic poetry because that's how I was feeling coming off of book one. Like I was feeling like I'm ready for the world. I already beat depression. And then uh, the second chapter is called skirmishes, which are like small unorganized battles in a war. And that whole section, that whole chapter is nothing but short poems. Because when I look through my 200 poems, I realized like, yo, I don't wanna be so heavy that someone who picks up my book is only gonna read about like the worst, heaviest, longest things. So I had a whole section where it's just like small, short poems, like 10 lines or, and it's called skirmishes because it's me going from being a pacifist and thinking that I was done with depression and depression coming back and saying like, nah, bro, there's a war about to start. And so there's these little skirmishes. And so the whole second chapter is nothing but short poems. And I made it with Instagram in mind because I realized with Instagram that if I post a really long poem, people will like it and read it. But, you know, we all have short attention spans in 2020, bro. Like, you know, we want things five seconds or less. And people like to see like quotables or they want to see, you know, the sun shines bright. A quick fix, a quick fix, yeah. yeah. Like, it's not challenging for me as a writer to put like the sun shines brighter tomorrow. Like I feel like, you know, mm -hmm. so, so I, when I made the second book, I made the whole middle section, nothing but short poems. And some of them I had already written and then other ones I wrote just for it. Right. So I was challenging myself, like make new fresh poems. And I knew that those were going to be the poems that I was going to use for Instagram, like to try to hook, mm -hmm. you know, like if I have two lines, I think are sick. I don't, I don't expect everyone to want to read the other 20 lines, you know, so I'll just, so the whole second chapter was nothing but short poetry. And to keep a theme still, then the third chapter is called straight up war, right? So it's like in chapter one as pacifism, I'm trying to like be peaceful. Chapter two is, is cracking now. There's war. I mean, there's battles starting. And then chapter three is called war because that's when it hits the fan. Like, so that chapter is like my rawest poetry. It's like, like super, Book one has honest poetry about depression, but I was still worried about how it'd be perceived. By the time book two comes about, one, I have more confidence as a writer. Two, my personal life is in tatters. Like my dad passed away. Uh, I, I told you before, like I work with rappers and stuff and Nipsey Hussle was a big influence to me. He got murdered. Like I was shook. I was like, what's going on with the world? Like, you know, so I wanted to be on it. And so I made the book reflect that. So the third chapter is called War. It's like raw poetry, bro. It's like, I wasn't afraid no more. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just say how I feel. And so there's some days where I feel like the worst shit ever, like just terrible. And so I said, let me write that. And before I would have been worried, like, what are they going to say if they read it? For this book, I was like, nah, I want people to know, like, truly, like, you know, uh, what it feels like to feel this way, right? And so sometimes we might see people that are grumpy or depressed, and we might be like, why they always got a long face? Why are they always sad? Like, we don't know what they're going through. And so I wanted people who read the book to know, like, like I know what's up. Like, I know how this feels. And I really wanted to, to convey that. And so it's a lot rawer. And it's, it's, it's me finding my voice and being willing to be like, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. And I feel like that's 
my absolute best work like it's uh and sharing that stuff which is so vulnerable has empowered me the most you know what i mean and and it's uh it's been the type of work that has gotten the biggest feedback as well so i don't know it's just been really empowering and uh, uh a good experience that that's cool man that you have like you have like uh an actual history historical like things of your life you know that when you went through a certain passage you have it like right there and it's like it's like a moment in our lives that we're putting in, in these in these works, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That you put into your work, you know what I mean? It's a moment in your time, something that you overcame, something, you know what I mean? Something that was, you know, physically beating you down, you overcame, you documented it, and now it's just, you know, there. That was just there for the viewing, you know what I mean? Yeah. As that, that's, that's a, I don't know, I don't even know what to call that, bro. That's like more than art. That's like more than art. That's like, that's like something... It's like freezing time, like you know what I mean? Ah, I appreciate it's just that moment in time that you freeze and you just like look at it from time to time, like, yo, that was me. That was me at that time, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was me struggling. That was me going through something. That was me battling something. That was me going through something that many around the world go through, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm just lucky enough to be to have a gift that God gave me to put into to put into paper and put in in, in, in uh you know and just describe in a certain way that others can understand and that can get over just like I got over. You know what I mean? That's fucking dope, dude. Yeah, bro. And For real. I, I think you know it's important to say, man, that anybody watching and like shoot your shot, you know, like do it, like I said, because that's the only way we're going to learn through practice. You know what I'm saying? That's how it works for every other profession, bro. Like if you're a good basketball player when you're a youngster, the only way you're gonna get better is playing in front of other people and playing against different people, right? And so we gotta put our work out there. We gotta put our writing out there. For the second book, bro, when I after I made the first book, I felt I was gassed. I was like, okay, I could do this. And there was like mm -hmm. pages that would do like contests or like contest, uh, write a poem about this and see if you win. And I was like, okay. And I before I would have been hesitant. I would have been afraid I wouldn't win, right? So I do. Let's say I did the poem and it doesn't win, right? I'm like, damn, it didn't win. But I would, because I was willing to challenge myself, because I was willing to put myself out there, I was like, yeah, I like this poem. I don't want to throw it away. And so I ended up fitting it in the second book too. You feel me? And so I just, I bring it up so people watching know, like I said, that a lot of opportunities won't open unless we, you know, you can't steal second base if your foot's on first, right? Like we, we got to take the chance. We got to put the stuff out and, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's no other way around it, bro. Like I said, like just... Uh, if we put the stuff out and we work consistently at it and we believe in it, you know, um, uh, we definitely can. And that's where I say, you know, I, I hope people use resources, man. Read a lot. I read books all the time. I still read books. Um, books not, and it doesn't even have to be books about writing. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it could be books about leadership or uh, books about, you know, a bunch of different things. And you never know um, what what jam they might have in it that will click something for you creatively and help you in the other things that you're working on. So yeah, man, I, mm. reading is something that writers got to make sure they, they do a lot of, uh, because it just keeps our, you know, our brain moving and our thoughts flowing and for writers, bro. I feel like that's a huge thing, right? Like we can keep our ideas going. Like some ideas, yeah. that's cool. If we put out 20 ideas and three winners are in there, then it was worth it. You feel me? So. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, no doubt, Geraldo Cruz. Fear is a writer's worst enemy. Oh, man. That's shit. That's, that's anyone's worst, worst enemy, man. Fear is like, I mean, it's a big one. Fear is a big one, man. You know, there's fear for a lot of things. Some people have fear to drive. Some people have fears to, you know, just as simple as publishing a book. You know what I mean? Some people have a fear for that because they don't know if they're going to fail. But 
how are you going to become a winner if you never fail? You have to first fail into something to be able to get better at something. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and I believe uh, failing in something is like one of the key steps that one must overcome. Because if you can't handle failing in something, then how are you going to handle, you know, someone telling you that something might not be a good, you know what I mean? A good, you know, poem, a good, you know, story or whatever. Yeah. You're going to come come across those people come across uh you're trying to maybe you're trying to submit something to get published in a certain uh you know publishing uh company um and they they flat out tell you your your stuff is no good like you know how are you going to take that if you can't take failure you know what i mean yeah. first you have to go through failure you know what i mean yeah people don't realize like all the best winners biggest winners they all fit times you feel me like mm -hmm. but the thing that separates them is that they kept working on their game or at their career mm -hmm. And they kept finding ways to adapt. So yeah, you know, and and you know, I know it's easier said than done, right? Because we we've all experienced it. But there is a big value to just trying stuff, you know. And and really, with with the internet at our disposal, like we should definitely keep trying because you know, uh, look at how much we've been able to build off stuff tonight. It's like you know, the mm -hmm. sharing ideas and and perspectives is really a crucial element, especially with educating ourselves and you know, hopefully letting other writers know like, yeah, man, make it, like make the script, make the book, uh, do the short story, do whatever it is you're thinking about. Like you ain't got nothing to lose, bro. It's 2020, the world is upside down anyway. You feel me? Like we might as well like make oh, yeah. our art, you know? And as a writer, there is no right or wrong way. Like there is like, even, you know, professional writers that have been writing for, for over 20 years will tell you, you know, they come to a point that every book is like a new, they start from scratch, you know? So every book, they start from scratch, even professionals, you know what I mean? So if they're going through that, then someone that's just starting, of course, we're, you know, we're all, every single story, you know what I mean? You have to put their own personal attention to that story. It's unique, you know what I mean? Every person's life is unique. So what does that tell you? You know, every story is unique. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Nothing, nothing good ever, ever comes out of something so easy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah man. yeah man now lastly man before we head out man church life talk to us about that man for sure bro yeah so um the the the, the thing behind that is uh coming up i'm a real big snoop dogg fan bro like uh i'm an 80s baby so i grew up with uh, two older brothers who love the chronic and doggy style and then when i was a youngster in high school and stuff i was a big snoop dogg fan and so snoop had the whole uh, uh welcome to the church mixtapes i don't know if you remember those mm -hmm. oh yeah if you're scared go to church yeah yeah. So, yeah 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 when i was in high school like i was big on that i'd always be saying it and so my homies and stuff would call me church and so when i had to make a website i was like damn what am i gonna do and i didn't really have a direction at the time like the website we had made for music we closed it down and we moved on from it and i didn't know what i was gonna do and so i was like well for now since i don't have no i'm just gonna make it about me so i called it the church life mm -hmm. and then uh uh i'm a big foodie bro like 24-7, I'm eating some tacos or burritos, pizza or burgers. And so I had just made an Instagram where I'm just on the daily, like, you know, pigging out, eating all the best food. Hey. And so once I did that, um, that's kind of what I was just doing. You know, like I do, uh, uh, I write about music promotions and stuff. So I do like press releases and bios, um, uh, so, you know, I, so that's like my regular thing, right? So I was just doing that, but my fun was the church life, my food, foodie adventures. And so that's like just, you know, that's just my home base. So once I created my books and stuff, um, I was like, 
that's what my company will be right so i mean like i just called it the church life publishing and um that's my website thechurchlife.com and so that's like my home base and uh it's you know what i go by but uh uh yeah so that's that's kind of what that's about yeah so it's just it's you know if you love to eat junk food or you love like <laughs> double cheeseburgers and like uh, all that type of stuff then you i have another instagram called at the church life and like i said it's just um you know 24 7 food stuff but uh but yeah so that was the inspiration behind that and it's just a way that i found it to keep things personal with me right and feel like it's part again i go back to nipsey where i say it was all about a brand right and so, like the church life is me and my home base and then everything other than that is like branches of it. Mm. I can't really messing with that, man. I, I know I, you got to be careful with that heartburn, man. <laughs> I, I'm scared of that heartburn, man. <laughs> As I get a little bit older, I definitely have slowed down. But uh, but yeah, nah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Anything that's dope, that's just church. I right? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, man. Thank you for giving me this time, bro. It was a dope fucking talk, man. You know something that more people should do more often because there's a lot of ideas that one can just come up with, you know what I mean? Just talking to other, you know, like-minded people and, um, you know what I mean? It's, it's needed, bro. It's needed because, you know, especially nowadays that it's so easy to have this conversation and, um, you know, through social media, it's super needed, bro. You know, and why not? You know what I mean? It ain't like it's costing us anything. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you. That's just now. Yeah. I appreciate you reaching out, man. And, you know, I'm fully with it. And I think it's important, like, like we said, that, we let other people know like let's let's go for it you feel me like we got the talent we got the stories we got the skills i know we got the hustle and the you know uh what is it uh like strength you feel me so let's just do it mm -hmm. like i said man I, I appreciate you reaching out to me and letting me you know have this time with you as well bro yeah for sure and uh i want you on the other podcast as well man where we're gonna go into music and uh you know all that juicy stuff man because uh and also include mental health within that as well and uh you know all the type of stuff that goes along with um just just that persona that we that is portrayed within hip-hop you know what i mean it's just a tough persona that the male has to has to like you know deal with um you know personally you know what i mean one has to deal with that persona thinking that thinking that you know what i mean hoes and bitches and money and cars and, and everything nothing's better than that you know what i mean that's that that's how they the the new hip-hop well i mean the underground hip hop is where the where the real knowledge is at. You know what I mean? But people don't people don't take that into consideration. They just think that hip hop is hip hop. Hip hop is about bees and hoes and this and that, which is not. You know what I mean? So we can go into KRS One, which is the you know the one that's be spitting that real knowledge and um talk about that, man. I mean that's that's some 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 things that that we gotta discuss with that, man. Definitely, bro. No, I definitely appreciate that, man. And good looking out to everybody who tuned in as well, man. I, it was a a great talk, bro. Right, thank you, man. Right. Murder Ghost. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Thank you, man. Have a good night. All right, likewise. All right, y'all. So I'm gonna be um just getting finishing my beer, and I'm gonna be uh, putting some records on. If you guys wanna uh, tune in to my Hip Hop Spot podcast right now, um I'm gonna be doing that so I can finish my beer. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna head in because it's fucking cold as fuck out here. I didn't bring my heater out here, but um you know what I mean. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Next Thursday, I'll be having another guest um, person. You know what I mean? I don't know if, if it's going to be a poet or it's going to be a, uh, you know, a novel writer, but um, it's going to be dope, you know, regardless. You know what I mean? So you know how I do. This is Brown96 checking out for Mike Hente Can Write podcast. Tune in to the next Thursday. It's going to be dope. Gracias, everyone.